just to update as a whole, I know many of you have asked about how my youngest son Asher is, um, and I would tell you he's doing better than his mama. And um, uh, really, the surgery that he had on uh, the first of two surgeries that are to come, uh, he, um, he it just didn't seem like it could go any better. And I believe that it's a product of the of the prayers. He'll be having to be wheeled around for a little bit of time, but other than that, he's been smiling and, is, and um, having a whole lot more fun sound like than us playing games right there in his room. Uh, but I think his most exciting part, no offense to you teachers, is just when he heard he didn't have to go back to school the rest of this month. That's a true 13-year-old for you, right? Um, so, in fact, his math teacher came to see him this week at home, which was very encouraging, and um, he's like, Daddy, she didn't even give me no homework. She just gave me a little stuffed animal. So I'm going to see if I can get me one of those little animals. But listen, it's great to be with y'all today. Um, I, you know, I always look forward to share God's Word uh, with you, but sometimes uh, you just feel a little more excited than others, um, especially when you just know that you're about to share something that can change people's lives and that would apply to most people. Uh, today's message is entitled, Lord, I'm in such distress. If that's you today, you're in the right place. Would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father God, would you please, Lord, open our eyes that we might see what you want us to see. Open our ears that we might hear what it is you want us to hear, Lord, and open our hearts that we might receive what it is you want us to receive, Lord. And may we not just receive it, but may we believe it. Lord, so that we are not just informed, but Lord, so that our lives uh, can be transformed. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Today is not a, a message that um, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching at you, uh, but rather it's a message that, um, that I'm sharing with you uh, that I don't feel like just you need to hear in this season, uh, but I would tell you I need to hear um, hardly ever does God give me a message that he doesn't say, okay, you know what, Craig, I need you to inhale that first. I need you to, I need you to uh, field test that. Um, I need you to believe that. Um, uh, it, it, I, I believe we can all resonate with things that, that we might say to someone, uh, but yet we've not experienced ourselves. There's just more power when we know the power of, of, of how certain words and guidance from God's Word uh, has comforted us. Uh, so today I hope to share with you some great words of comfort that God has shared with me and that I've been leaning on, especially in the last uh, week. And especially, uh, sometimes I feel like in the last decade, uh, through my trials, through my anxiety, uh, through my pain that has risen. You know, I, I tend to believe that uh, it's not that, that life... Um, is that much worse than it's ever been. It's just the older we get, the more we really see how desperate we are for the Lord in our lives. Uh, but I, I don't think you could find anybody in today's culture that is not battling with some level of distress. Now, I've shared some of these things with you before, but um, I, I find that God has this pattern uh, with, with what he would have me to share um, and, and that is just, there's just certain things that you have to address a little bit more often uh, than others. Uh, if you've got your worship guide there, I hope you'll take notes 
with me, the first thing I want to point out to you is the definition of distress as we'll refer to it. Distress is extreme anxiety, sorrow, and pain. Distress, it is, it is a, a higher level of anxiety that leads to greater sorrow and it feels like greater pain. A few things I want to point out to identify maybe with where you're at and, and so that we can identify with one another on how distress makes us all feel, especially when it's at a heightened level. And the first thing that I want you to see is that distress, it can make you feel overwhelmed. It can make you feel overwhelmed. Um, in fact, at its highest level, you feel like, hey, I can't see past this. I, I, I can't find hope in this. Because, you know, there's some storms they're not going away anytime soon. And so I really believe it's important that you understand that you, you oftentimes you're desperate for peace before the storm passes because there are many storms that just don't pass quickly. And so you don't just need hope beyond the storm. You need to find out how you can have hope in the storm, in the fire. Great distress, it, it wears you out, it wears you down mentally, emotionally, relationally, physically. Psalm 57, 6, psalmist says, he says, I am weary from distress. When, when great distress hangs around, I, I, I usually, I kind of use the three-day rule for me personally, and that's if, if I have something extreme, whether physically or emotionally, that's at a very, you know, uh, hard to tolerate level, if that goes beyond three days, I start to really worry. Especially if I, if I, if I find that it's just continuing, continuing to heighten and I'm getting more and more anxious. The, 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 the book of Job, we find that Job was deeply troubled and restless because this is what distress does to you. Job 30, 27 says, My heart is troubled, and restless. Days of suffering torment me. Again, when we know something's going to um, be over in a certain amount of time or a certain amount of days, we're able to see beyond it. But when we cannot see the end, but all we can see is what we're in, that's overwhelming. Did you know that Jesus showed that he can identify with extreme distress? Matthew 26, 38 says, then Jesus said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. This was one of three times as Jesus was on his way towards um, going to the cross that he's dropping to his knees and he's, he's just pouring out his distress to God the Father, saying, hey, I'm overwhelmed, but not, your, not my will, but your will be done, which is sometimes a prayer easier said than done. But secondly, you need to know that distress can make you feel abandoned. Distress can make you feel abandoned. Satan likes to make you think that you're the only person who has a screwed up life. I want to encourage you. Well, actually, I want to discourage you from this. Um, I, I, I was going to say, I'd like to encourage you to come visit my house. And you'd say, well, now I know why he's always talking about Hillbilly Deluxe to pick up trucks. He don't even own a truck, but he got a lot of hillbillies and, and, and deluxes sitting here at this house. You know, life, listen, it is a roller coaster 
for us all. The reason why I know it is for us all is because, again, I rarely run into anyone who's being real and feels like they can be real with me that's not going, hey, you know what, man, I am going through some tough stuff. And, and Satan wants to make you think that you're the only one. I just think, not, not that, listen, not, I, I know they say misery loves company. It doesn't, doesn't mean we want other people to be miserable, but it does help to know that we're not alone as those who suffer. We just all suffer in different ways. But the worst part is, is not only can, in your toughest times, can you feel like maybe um, all the people that you most would like to have in your life have abandoned you, but you can feel like God is nowhere to be found. Psalm 25, 16 says, turn to me and have mercy for I am alone and in deep distress. I often say that the greatest pain outside of wasted pain is, is lonely pain, lonely pain. You know, here at Refuge Church, we truly want this place and this family because we're, we're not a church. When we say a church, sometimes that's just a place. But a church family is a people. We want to be that people. In fact, I won't, I, I won't make you raise your hand so that you don't have to lie to me, um, but I'm going to kind of swear some of you in. Do you promise with all your heart to befriend those who God brings into your life, to encourage those who God brings into your life, to let God speak through your anxieties to help others in anxiety so that they don't have to feel alone. I think, I think often when we know what something feels like, we can have a lot greater compassion towards others who are feeling that. Listen, we find ourselves calling out to God like, God, where are you right now? God, what are you doing right now? God, I need you now. Psalm 102 verse 2, the psalmist says, don't turn away from me in my distress. Bend down to listen and answer me quickly when I call you. You know, when you're in a true extreme time of, of distress, you're needing God, you're wanting God to do something right now. And sometimes it feels like God's not moving like what we would want him to move. Listen, Jesus showed us while he was on the cross, while he's dying for your sins and mine on the cross, he literally had to feel abandoned by God the Father before he died. Matthew 27, 46 says, and about three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? By the way, I think it's important to know three days later, it proved he had not abandoned him because he resurrected him. And sometimes you, you don't feel like you're, you're going to overcome what you're dealing with because it's just overcoming you. But yet God has proved time and time again that he, he's, he's not abandoning you. You just don't feel his presence and his peace as much. And it might not be so much that God has moved, but you're not moving towards God. And I want you to hang on to that thought. But thirdly, you need to know in your distress that distress can make you feel desperate. Distress can make you feel desperate. When I first um, had nerve damage that for the first time was running through all of my body, but yet I had no idea what was going on, um, I had gone to a doctor's care in Somerville before and just to, just to get basic x-rays. And I just took it in my own mind that, okay, well, you know what? Um, I just kind of had the back issues. You know, you rest it off, you sleep it off, you'll be fine. 
And about a week or, or so later, somewhere between one to two weeks, all of a sudden, this stuff's just running through my body and making me feel crazy. And in fact, my wife thought I was just being a normal, over-exaggerated man, because we all know the man flu's real, isn't it? But in this particular case, I wasn't just joking, or nor was I just exaggerating. But I didn't know what was going on with me. And I go to doctor's care, and they're like, listen, we've already seen you. What should we tell the doctor you're here for? I said, tell them I'm going crazy. That's exactly what I said. I said, well, I'm glad I was visiting the doctor's care in Somerville before that got out in Collin County that the pastor is crazy. Uh, you, you know, it, it, it's hard for any of us sometimes to admit when we feel like we're going crazy. When we feel like that, that we're just one step away from collapse. And I want you to hear me. It is in those times that not only are you desperate for God, but you're desperate for others. And you need to latch hold to the people who do care or will care. And that will hold your hand even when you feel like you can't pray. Listen, we can easily hit the panic mode button when distress reaches into the heart and consumes us in our lives. Listen, many of us can relate to the desperate prayer of the psalmist in Psalm 31.9. He says, have mercy on me, Lord, for I am in distress. Tears blur my eyes. My body and my soul are withering away. Psalm 38.17 says, I am on the verge of collapse, facing constant pain. Psalm 119.28 says, I weep with sorrow. Encourage me by your word. I can't tell you how many times that I was and have been on the verge of collapse and God's always reached in. It's the only reason you see me. It's the, it, it, you know, as I often say, it, it's certainly the only reason I'm still your pastor because there's millions of times that I feel inadequate or I don't feel strong enough or together enough to bring you anything. You know, but I believe God allows me to be in those chambers of waiting and trusting in him just as much as he does you so that we can identify with each other. Listen, if I had never dealt and if I didn't deal with distress in my life, I really wouldn't know how to talk with you about it in yours. It's not a matter of comparing distresses. It's a matter of realizing that we all have distress. Now, I want to speak some words from God's word of encouragement to you in the midst of your distress. First of all, number one, in my distress, God is my only refuge that will always be there. God is my only refuge that will always be there. It's very important you understand that God is your only refuge because until you do, until you realize that God is all you truly can depend on and all that you need to depend on, you will keep reaching for other things and other people and circumstances to make you feel better. It's not that God doesn't use people and circumstances and, and different things, but you need to understand the only way you can find peace in the midst of the chaos in this life is through your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Isaiah 25, 4 says, You are a tower of refuge to the poor, O Lord, a tower of refuge to the needy in distress. 
You are a refuge from the storm and a shelter from the heat. Listen, God is not a, a, a refuge that we can just run to sometimes, but here's the best part. God is a refuge we can turn to all the time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There's never a time that we're going to call God, we're going to call on God, that he isn't ready to reach in and help us. Psalm 46.1 says, God is our refuge and strength. He is always ready to help in times of trouble. Listen, when, when problems and trials come from every different direction, because that's really what great distress ends up being, is things go from, from kind of bad to kind of worse to just out of control. And you feel like things are coming from every direction. And so you can't even catch your breath before you, you feel another dagger coming at you. And by the way, we're all in a spiritual battle. So when Satan can tell that you are getting worn down, when Satan can tell that you are getting very, very discouraged, and that you're actually starting to lose hope, period, in your life, he just starts aiming the missiles at you. The fiery hours come even more because he preys on your vulnerabilities and mine. But the Lord is still there for us. Psalm 18, 18 says, They attacked me at the moment when I was in distress, but the Lord supported me. You may feel alone. You may feel abandoned. You may feel absolutely overwhelmed. God will meet you right where you're at. And he can take you through whatever you're going through. But secondly, in my distress, God, he hears my every cry. He hears my every cry. When we say a cry out to the Lord, it just our calling out to him. Our prayer. Prayer is conversation with God. I want you to remember that, that prayer is simply conversation with God. Some people don't pray because they think they don't know how to pray. Listen, as long as you're praying through Jesus and to God the Father, and having an honest, heartfelt, genuine conversation with him and faith in him, God is hearing your every prayer. There's never a sincere prayer that God does not hear. In fact, God also knows when we are being sincere. We may think God is not hearing us because, again, the, the valley hasn't, hasn't changed, the mountain hasn't moved, but God is always just that prayer away. Psalm 18.6 says, but in my distress, I cried out to the Lord. Yes, I prayed to my God for help. He heard me from his sanctuary. My cry came to his ears. Listen, in great distress, we find ourselves not just feeling like we need to pray sometimes. Great distress takes you away from casual, nonchalant prayer to continual, like every time I breathe, prayer. Psalm 55, 17 says, morning, noon, and night, I cry out in my distress, and the Lord hears my voice. By the way, there is no greater way to overcome life's spiritual attacks than to cry out to Jesus. And if you feel too weak to cry out to Jesus, there's no greater thing to do than to ask other people who truly believe in God, believe in Jesus, and who believe in prayer to lift you up. Sometimes we feel like prayer is just our last resort, when really it is our greatest response. Because some things can only come out with prayer. Some things only change with prayer. Some things only come with waiting on God, looking to God, and knowing that God is looking 
over you. Psalm 107 verse 6 says, Lord, help. They cried in their trouble, and he rescued them from their distress. You see, God does not just hear our anxiety and care about our anxiety. He also wants to reach in and help us through it. He wants to set us free. Psalm 118 verse 5 says, In my distress, I prayed to the Lord, and the Lord answered me, and he set me free. We've talked about this recently, but when you're giving things to God in prayer, genuinely, he's exchanging your burdens. You're exchanging your burdens for his peace because you're giving him your burdens and no longer just trying to carry those things or think, act like you're okay or you're just strong enough. And by the way, if, if, if um, being totally dependent upon God or declaring that you are means you're really weak, well, then I'm really weak because I really do feel like I can't even walk without him holding my hand. But thirdly, in my distress, the Bible says that God watches over the godly. God watches over the godly. I know that I say this verse often, but it's just always so dear to my heart, and that is Romans 8, 28, that that we know God works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose for them. God may have a purpose for every storm, but we waste that purpose, and we certainly can't get through that distress and expect everything to work its way out when we're not seeking to turn to God and follow God. See, plenty of people, they want God to bail them out but they're not truly, genuinely wanting to bow down before him. They're just wanting God to get them out of the situation they're in. Listen, God cares about all of us, but those who know God and and those who seek God wholeheartedly, God watches over our way. When you take that next right step, and and no matter what your broken road has been in the past, when you come clean and close to God and, and, and you know that you're in right relationship with God, His grace is sufficient and His blessing is certain. Psalm 1, 6 says, For the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. Listen, God doesn't ask you to do any more than you can do. So he asks you to do everything that you can do while trusting him for everything that you can. Some, somebody says, well, man, I just don't know anything else I can do. Well, then you just got to keep doing what he's led you to do, and you got to keep praying through whatever you do. Psalm 1-6 says, For the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. Listen, God's children don't ever have to wonder whether God is, is planning to use the past, the present, or the future for their good. Psalm 112, verse 4 through 8 says, Light shines in the darkness for the godly. Such people will not be overcome by evil. They do not fear bad news. They confidently trust the Lord to care for them. They are confident and fearless and can face their foes triumphantly. We can know this as Christ followers, that if you do what's right, you can't go wrong, even if all of life feels like it's out of sorts. We may feel abandoned. We may feel overwhelmed. We may feel outmatched. But the Bible says God is always watching over the way of the righteous. Psalm 121 verse 7 says, The Lord keeps you from all harm, and he watches over 
your life. And by the way, moms, dads, others, you know, sometimes we're not just having to pray over our stuff, but we have to pray over their stuff until they get to a point of knowing how to seek the Lord. You know, I, with, with our children, um, again, no matter how grown each of them may be, we, we, we know that all of us can only be where we are. And so, you know, oftentimes I feel like God is leading me to stand in the gap for my loved ones, to pray for them even when they might not even want to pray or believe in prayer. And just continue to pray God's covering over them and knowing that God's got me covered. But fourthly, you need to know that in my distress that God deserves all the glory. In my distress, God deserves all the glory. Now, if you've ever wondered your, your just general purpose in life, your purpose is to bring glory. This is why God created you, to bring glory to the one who created you and made you for his glory. The more we study God's word and we grow in our faith, the more we discover that everything in our lives, the good, the bad, and the ugly, even the things that we feel like have no purpose and that have done nothing but break us, God wants to use them for his glory. We don't just need to cry out to God for a bailout. When we pray, we don't just need to pray God's goodness for us, but that through that, that we're dealing with, that God might get the glory. Psalm 143 verse 11 says, for the glory of your name, O Lord, preserve my life. Because of your faithfulness, bring me out of this distress. That is the words of someone that's not just praying for God to do what they want, but for God to have his way, for God to accomplish his will and to get the glory for what he does. Jacob acknowledges that God deserved all the glory in his life. He says in Genesis 35.3, he says, We are now going to Bethel, where I will build an altar to God who answered my prayers when I was in distress. He has been with me wherever I have gone. That's why I love to, I love to talk to like grandmothers who uh, have had faith for years, because, you know, uh, grandmamas and, and some granddaddies as well, if you've been following the Lord for a long time and you've been through a whole lot of things in life, you just have such a strong, sure faith, and, 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 and you can't help but point to God because God's the only one that got you to where you, where you are. And so you're going, hey, you know what? I've been through some stuff, but God has been my friend through it all. God has never left my side. God gets all the glory for the things that he's done, for the strength that he's given, for the things that he's worked out, for the children that he's, he's, he's put on the right path. And by the way, when we worship together, when you're singing a song together or you're reading something or whatever, whatever we were to do in worship, worship is simply this. It is praising God. It is glorifying God for everything he has done everything he is doing, and everything that he will do. Psalm 59, 16 says, But as for me, I will sing about your power. Each morning I will sing with joy about your unfailing love, for you have been my refuge, a place of safety when I am 
in distress. Listen, don't forget the one who's always been there in your life. Don't forget what God has done for you in the past. Don't be silent about that. Don't, don't, don't disown or not acknowledge what God is doing in the present. You know, it, it, listen, it's okay to tell somebody sometimes, hey, you know what? I am holding on by a thread, but by the grace of God, I keep getting up. But last but not least, number five, in my distress, God seeks my full attention and total trust. God seeks my full attention and total trust. There's never a storm that God allows in your life or my life that is not intended to bring you closer to him, that is not intended to grow your faith stronger than it's ever been. And we all know, listen, it's, 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 it's like um, people playing football, and, and they say, you know what, you, oftentimes I hear coaches say, um, if you don't practice good, you usually don't play good. And the truth is, until you've gone through some stuff and actually had to apply the faith that you claim, you really don't know where your faith is. That is, the things we go through, the distress that we deal with, they are intended to get, to give God our full attention. First, first thing God's always, I know that God's wanting to do when I feel like a bomb is going off in my life is, okay, Craig, are you going to keep on running and being busy? Or are you going to be still and know that I'm God? Are you going to keep acting like you've got it together? Or are you going to run to me knowing I'm the only one that holds you together? So often through our greatest distress, God is trying to get our full attention. Job says in verse 30, chapter uh, 36, verse 15, he says, But by means of their suffering, he rescues those who suffer, for he gets their attention through adversity. Psalm 119.71 says, My suffering was good for me, for it taught me to pay attention to your decrees. I see this happen time and time and time again in people's lives, and I've seen this happen in my life. Oftentimes, things have to fall apart for me to get back where I need to be with God, for me to get back with a sense of earnesty and genuineness and, and, and leaning into the Lord. I'm sure God wonders with many. I, I believe he thinks this all the time as he, as he looks around in our world. What's it going to take for some people? How many times do I have to save your life? How many times do I have to fix your situations? How many times do I have to help you up for you to trust me? And not just trust me today and, 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 and after I've um, you know, gotten this storm fixed for you, but no matter where you go from this point forward. Many times I, I see people, as I've told you before, in hospital beds that they're down and out and all of them are open for prayer then, but as soon as they get back up on their feet, they are nowhere to be seen. Soon as they get back on, listen, the worst thing that can happen to you in your life is for you to forget where you came from. When you know who picked you up, when you know who's, who's holding your hand, when you know who gives you the very breath that you breathe, when you really believe that, you'll have total allegiance to him. See, I don't, I don't need anybody. I'm just being real with you. I don't need anybody at this point in my life to make me believe that God exists. 
I don't need anybody to make me believe that the best thing I can do is to trust God with everything past, present, and future. I've messed things up enough trying to do it my way, and I've certainly found life is 1,000 times harder when you try to do it alone. So many people, they go through hell, and they find God's mercies, and then they still go on and live as if God never did anything. They, 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 they try to take the glory. Oh, I am so strong. I did this. I did that. Listen to me. You ain't strong enough. And, and, and you've got you've to know that God's not wanting to just beat you down. God is, God is wanting to bless you. God is wanting to take you on the blessed broken road because we're all broken. And he wants you to trust him, not reject him. 1 Samuel 10, 19 says, But though I have rescued you from your misery and distress, you have rejected your God today. Psalm 78, verse 32 says, But in spite of this, the people kept on sinning. Despite his wonders, they refused to trust him. Can I tell you something? When I hear people in the Southeast tell me, they, Oh, I love Jesus. Oh, yeah, I'm a Christian, this or that. In so many cases, it just, it's just meaningless because your actions speak louder than your words. And listen, there comes a point where, where your faith needs to become more than words. This altar needs to be a place of new beginnings. And by the way, the altar, as we open it up here in just a few, it is not a place for perfect people. It's a place for broken people just like me and just like you to find God's grace. Listen, in life's distress, you must know that God cares about you. You must know that God hears your prayers. God wants to help you. And God wants your full attention and your full trust today. Will you humble yourselves before him so that he can lift you up, as the scripture says, in due time? Would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, God, right now, I pray for each and every person listening right now. Lord, that they might feel your love. They might hear your voice. They might receive, Lord, and accept your invitation to come on down. Lord, get down on their knees and humble themselves before you, giving you their very life. God, I pray if there's anyone here today that's not yet ask you, Jesus, into their heart. God, if they haven't, Lord, they don't have hope that's eternal. God, I pray that they might admit their sin. They might believe in your son, Jesus, who died on the cross for their sins and their salvation, who overcame the grave the third day after their death through the resurrection, giving them the opportunity if they believe in, in your son, Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Lord, you tell us that we can have eternal life, that we can have full forgiveness of sin, that we can become new creations. The old things have passed, all things become new. God, I pray whatever the next step is for each and every person listening right now, they'll take that next right step. Not worry about what others think, but Lord, just live for the audience of one, Lord, the one that matters most, and that's you. God, I pray for that person right now that feels the most distressed. I pray they know, God, 
that if they'll put their little hand in your big hand and they'll call on you with a genuine heart, Lord, and they'll do all that they can do to pursue you with all their heart, God, you will help them, you will hold them, and you will take them through whatever it is that they're facing. We give all things to you right now. In Jesus' name, amen. This altar is open. I'm available here should you want me to speak with you or pray with you. Would you stand with us, please?